My name is Jan Walker, and I'm talking with Sandy Belt today. Sandy is a naturalist at Monroe County Parks and Recreation, and she's also been studying butterflies for over 20 years. Sandy, why is uh, the milkweed plant so important to the monarch butterfly? All butterflies have host plants that they lay their eggs on. So first off, butterflies will smell with their antennae, and they see with their compound eyes, and they taste with little chemoreceptors on their forelegs. When a female monarch is looking for a milkweed plant on which to lay her eggs, first she will look for the overall shape of the plant, and then she will taste it with her feet. And if everything is right to her, she will bend her abdomen and lay a single egg on the undersides of the leaf. Now, usually in nature, this is only on the top four leaves that they will lay their eggs, and this is because these leaves are very succulent. They're very soft and pliant. The older leaves are harder, and then when the caterpillar hatches from the egg, their little teeny tiny mouth parts can't chew on the leaf. When they first come out of the eggshell, they actually eat part of their eggshell that has a lot of protein and is very integral to their development of their exoskeleton, their skin. They will actually start eating the little hairs on the underside of the milkweed leaf because of their tiny, tiny mouth parts. And then as they shed their skin for the first time, and this is called an instar between each shedding of the skin, they will be able to start eating the milkweed leaf proper. Monarch butterflies will go through four life stages, the egg stage, the larval stage, the pupa or chrysalis, butterflies make a chrysalis, moths make a cocoon, and the adult insect. The caterpillars are eating machines, and they will go through several sheds of the skin at least four times. And in between each shed of the skin is called the instar. So by the fifth instar, the beginnings of the wings and the chrysalis, the beginning of the antenna, are already formed underneath that last skin. The shedding of the skin is because of hormones in the small brain of the insect. And juvenile hormone keeps a caterpillar a caterpillar, but once juvenile hormone has started to decline, then the ecdysone, another enzyme that is responsible for shedding, kicks in. So after the ecdysone has kicked in, the caterpillar will look for a place in which to pupate. And usually this is going to be in a sneaky hidden place because they don't want to emerge from a chrysalis in plain view of potential predators. So this is how come it's hard to find monarch chrysalises or any butterfly chrysalis for that matter. They will use their mouth parts. They have a little silk gland, and they'll spit a little white silken button. And then they will use their anal claspers and hang upside down in a J-shape for about 18 hours. At that point, they will shed their final skin, revealing the chrysalis underneath. Now, all insects breathe through little holes in their abdominal sections called spiracles. And once the caterpillar has shed that final skin, revealing the chrysalis, those little spiracles are still present so that they can be gas exchanged for the chrysalis. The caterpillar will remain in the chrysalis stage for 10 to 14 days, in which point the miracle of (laughs) metamorphosis really takes place because there's not a caterpillar inside anymore and there's not a butterfly yet. Instead, everything is dissolved into life's juices and then it was rearranged around key imagical cells to create the butterfly inside. When this is about ready to end, 
the chrysalis will appear transparent and you can see the butterfly within. Then they will take in air through those spiracles and pushing with their legs, there is a predetermined little slit in the side of a chrysalis that will open up and the butterfly will emerge. Its wings are all crimpled and damp and the butterfly will then pump its abdomen, pump the hemolymph, the insect blood, through all of the uh, veins and body parts, expanding those wings. And this can take place over the course of a couple of hours. Caterpillars also are known to get off of their host plant and creep to another nearby plant to form their chrysalis. So it's not necessarily going to be found on a milkweed plant. Once they emerge from their chrysalis, you'll be able to determine whether it's a male or female. The males have black spots that are on that surface of their wing, and these are a pheromone that is released that attracts the females. At that point, the males will find a female, they'll mate, and then the female needs to find a place to lay her eggs. And she will, again, look with her compound eyes, look for that overall leaf shape, and then touch down and taste it with her forelegs. The problem is finding the milkweed. More and more habitats are changing and declining for monarch butterflies, and there's been less and less of the common milkweed and butterfly weed and other milkweeds that are in our state. And so monarch butterflies have to fly further between milkweed plants to lay their eggs, expending valuable energy. So when we have a field that has more milkweed stems per acre, it's easier for the female to find those plants and lay her eggs without expending all that energy. What can each of us do to help the monarch? Plant more milkweed. (laughs) Even if it's just a butterfly weed in a plant pot you could set on your front porch, the likelihood of a monarch coming by in the fall migration is pretty good. We don't want to always think of just milkweed. This is the larval host plant for the butterfly. We also need to be mindful of planting a lot of pollinator-friendly plants, not just for the monarchs, but for all pollinators as well. The monarch butterflies need to have the native ironweeds, the goldenrods, tixied sunflowers, and the like that are blooming in the fall here. Google Monarch Watch, and they have a milkweed seed marketplace. They will be able to supply people with regional appropriate milkweed seeds or milkweed plugs, depending on if it's just for your backyard or if it's for a larger project. Monarch populations have been declining for the past 20 years. A lot of this has to do with loss of habitat and pesticides that are put on large agricultural areas. And so there's been a lot of work done with trying to make sure that agricultural communities only spray at the appropriate times and that they reduce the amount of drifting where the spray gets on the milkweed plants. The western population of monarchs has declined precipitously. It's at 84%, and they are struggling to find out what is happening. The monarch butterfly out there is on life support right now. It's very bad. But here in the eastern U.S., surprisingly and very happily, their numbers at the overwintering colonies actually increased this year to the the highest that it's been in 12 years. We went from 2.48 hectares last year to 6.05 hectares this year. Uh, That's a 144% increase over the last year. 
Uh, so that is just a fantastic amount of monarchs. But we have to be cautious when we have a, a big uptick like this because it could be the precursor of something else bad happening. Anytime when the monarchs are migrating, they can be swept out to sea or get in hailstorms, thunderstorms. There could be a hurricane that decimates them. In the overwintering colonies, sometimes there is a late season frost that really hurts the monarch populations. And about 12, 15 years ago, this happened. And some of the iconic monarch researchers said that they were walking knee-deep through dead monarchs, and that was a very terrible thing. So weather patterns are a really, a really big problem for monarchs as well as the loss of habitat. So we just have to cross our fingers that the monarch population, since it was so great this winter in the overwintering population, that many of them make them back up here and are able to increase the population even more. But in the meantime, I think if everybody just plants milkweed and, and pollinator nectar sources, that will be very good. Sandy, thank you very much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me, Jan.